message. I'm compelled about this message. As I prayed about it, I was provoked. I was provoked at a pastor's conference. And, and the, the pastor said, if you can do it all over again, that was his message. And I began, the Holy Spirit began to minister to me, what if you died next week? Right? That was the, the, the tomorrow's not promised to anyone. And the Holy Spirit began to me, what if you died? What, what if you, something happened and you was called to glory? And this is one of those messages I wanted to preach before I was called to glory. So, so you understand the state of mind that I, when I put together the message, this is one of the, I want to preach at my own funeral, so to speak. Amen. If you would allow me, praise the Lord. And so uh, I'm just that kind of guy. Uh, some people would say I'm egotistical. Some people would say that uh, I'm crazy. Um, I would say that the Lord has given me a word, and I want to share it with you. Amen. Um, I'm, not, I'm not your PowerPoint kind of guy, so I'm grateful the PowerPoint guy didn't show up. Amen. Um, they usually slow me down, praise God. But uh, in your handouts, I gave you all the scriptures that are pertinent to my message and I gave you the points. And there's some fill-in-the-blank stuff there. But um, I want to talk to you today about the vision continues. The vision continues. The vision continues. Amen. The vision continues. Tell the person next to you, the vision continues. Amen. I want to share with you a word that the Lord gave to me. Amen. And um, I'm going to use the word vision interchangeably with, with two different concepts that become one. All right. The first concept, if you look at the first translation you have in your handout, the King James Version says this in Proverbs 29:18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Okay, so the King James Version, that's the first translation I've ever read. When I was in jail, they gave me the, they gave me the little orange King James Bible. I don't know about you, but when I would go to jail, I'd grab the Bible and the rosaries. I would become very religious until I was released from jail. Amen. Then I'd take the rosaries off, get rid of them, the Bible, you know. So, uh, but that's the first translation I've always, I was ever introduced, the King James translation. And it says, it says very clearly, where there's no vision, the people perish. And I want the first time I've ever internalized the scripture, first time I looked at the scripture, I want to give you the, the translation, what it meant to me at the time. Vision, and I wrote in your notes, is basically a preferred picture of the future that moves you to action. All right? That was the first time that I, that I, I interpreted this, this, this scripture, the first time I looked at it deeply. It meant vision was a preferred picture of the future. That was the vision. I, I saw something in the future that I wanted, and, it wasn't, and, and what separates a vision from a dream is the action. All right? I hung around many guys telling lies about what we were going to do, where we were going to go, where we've been, where, you know, all this stuff. And the difference between a dream and a vision is action. So the definition I gave you guys there is vision is a preferred, you want to put preferred there, picture of the future, you want to put future there, that moves me to action, that moves you to action. And so the first time I, I messed with this scripture, that's how I interpreted it. That's how it moved me. I needed a picture of the future that would move me to action. Now, let me tell you real quickly, the vision I had before Christ, my purpose in life before Christ was a couple of things. To steal as much money as I could, to get over as much as I could. One of my, one of my, my high points, one of my highlights of purpose was I was born and raised in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. All right? 
I don't know if you ever, you know, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I wasn't from Bed-Stuy. People from Bed-Stuy, they're, Yo, I'm from, I'm from Bed-Stuy, do or die, right? I wasn't from Sunset. They, I'm from Sunset. We call it Gunset, right? I, I, I wasn't from, from uh, Brownsville, never ran, never will, right? I, so when I was in jail, I was in, I was from Greenpoint. And if you know about Greenpoint, there's a bunch of Polish people over there. So, so the devil had me twisted my, my vision, the vision I had before Christ, my purpose in life, well, my, one of my high purposes, besides getting over, getting high, all this stuff, was when I leave C-74 out of Lessons at War, I'm going to put Greenpoint on the map. That was my vision for my life. That was, that was the purpose that the devil had me bound to. That, that my purpose, my goal was that people are going to, that Greenpoint is going to ring bells like Rikers, in Rikers Island, just like Brownsville rang bells. And so, I, obviously, my purpose was limited to that of one that was, came from hell. The devil had me bound. I had no purpose. I had no, nothing I, I, I was living for. Now, after coming to Christ, after coming to Christ, I got a purpose. After getting saved... The Lord began to minister to me. The Lord began to show me things. The Lord, I started to read the Bible. Let me just give you a quick point. When you don't have Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to understand the Bible. It's not going to make much sense to you. Unless you have the Spirit of God in you, it's almost impossible to understand the Word of God. Okay? So, you gotta, so if, you, if you're trying to read the Bible and understand it, and you don't know why you understand it, you must first have the Spirit of God. You must invite the Word of God, right? You must like the living Word, Jesus Christ. You must invite Him into your life so you can understand the written Word. Amen? Okay, so, so after receiving Christ, I got saved, and I got some scriptures I want to share with you. Now, the second verse that I want the, the second translation, it's the same scripture, Proverbs 29, 18, says this. NIV, where there's no revelation... The people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. The word revelation, uh, it's very important to understand the word revelation, is commonly associated back then with visions of the prophets. So God would give the prophet a vision. There was no Bible. Imagine no Bible. God would give the prophets a vision. The prophets would then come and speak the vision that God gave the prophets to the people. You understand that, right? God would speak to the prophet. The prophet would speak to the people. Simple. Where there were, when God did not speak to the prophet, the prophet could not speak to the people, and the people would perish. The people would cast off restraint. The people were bugging out, running wild. The people were living for themselves. Well, unless God gave the prophet a vision to proclaim to the people, the people would then be lost. You, you understand? That's what the scripture means. So what happened to me, and I, and I believe it's going to happen to someone today, is that today I'm your prophet. Okay, I'm your prophet. I'm going to bring forth the word of God. The vision or the prophecy is simply God's word explained to people. God's word exploding in your heart. Blindfolds being removed. You getting finally, you getting something. The word of God, God speaking to your heart. God moving you. Something is going to happen in the spiritual realm. You might have heard something a hundred times. But when God gives you a revelation, it's nothing compared to man speaking. It's the word of God. It's the Holy Spirit moving in your heart, moving in your life. You understand? So I believe that some people here are going to get a revelation. Now, some people, you got to be ready for the revelation. you got to be expecting. you got to be willing. you got to be open. you got to be in a position to say, God, speak to me. Your servant 
is listening. And you got to be able to forget the, the voice of the man who's speaking, but get to, the, get to the voice of God. My sheep, they say, the Bible says the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. They know his voice. They know his voice. And I pray today you hear the Lord's voice. Amen? So that, there's a revelation that takes place. So what happens is this, all right? God gave me a revelation, real simple. The revelation was this. In your first scripture, 2 Timothy 4, 7, is is in your handout. It said this. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all, somebody say all, all. also to all who have longed for his appearance. And so, so the first vision that God gave me was a vision for self. You could write in self there. And as a Christian, I had all these issues. I had all this stuff. I had all this baggage. I had so many uh, issues. My wife got a t-shirt at home and says, I have issues. I should have a t-shirt that says, my issues have issues. All right? And so I, I had, I'm sitting in a church, and I'm listening to Wu-Tang Clan, and I got all this sin in my life, and I'm coming to church, and I'm bugging out, and, all, and I'm doing all types of things that are not pleasing to God, that are not biblical, that are not spiritual, but I'm coming to church, and I'm hearing men of God speak. I'm at Brooklyn's Tabernacle at the time. And I'm Pastor Jim Simmel to preach the word of God, and God is moving. And, and this scripture came alive to me. I got a revelation from God. God spoke to me. God whispered in my heart. He said, listen, I want you, Raymond. To fight the good fight. I want you, Raymond, to run the race. I want you, Raymond, to say that you've kept the faith. And that became my vision. God spoke to me. Everybody else was sleeping that day in that church, let's say. But God spoke to me that day. And that day, the word of God fell from heaven, exploded in my heart, and I desired. I got a revelation that moved me to action. I wanted them to fight the good fight. I don't care what Edwin was doing or what Gus was doing. Raymond, in this, by the spirit of the power of God, fell upon me. I got a revelation from God. And I said, I want to finish this race. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying to you. The, 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 the Bible talks about 10,000 falling and 20,000 falling and men not finishing well. And I got, a word, I got a revelation from God. I got a word from God. God spoke to me. As I read about Paul's writing here, and he said, listen, I fought the good fight. I wasn't fighting a very good fight at the time. So I want, if you're here and, you, and you're not fighting a very good fight and you're caught up, you know, you're doing your own thing, I, that's where I was at. But I got a word from God. God told me if he did it for Paul, he could do it for you. Are, are you hearing me? So, so what happened was I got a vision for self. Now, there's, there's a two parts to this. The next scripture is Matthew 25, 21 that I wrote there. It says this. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So I, I got another revelation. I don't know if you're getting so far. What I, I heard the word of God. The word of God was spoken. The spirit of God pierced my heart. The word of God cut me. As, as the Bible, as Matthew spoke about the servant that did good with the little that Christ had given, his master gave him, the Holy Spirit began to minister to me and said, listen, don't you want to hear those words? Don't you long for one day being in the presence of God and hearing, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
And, and, and so the revelation I got for myself at the time was what happened to Paul and what happened to the good servant. What happened to Paul was that he ran his race. He went through mad drama. I don't know if you know about Paul, but Paul wasn't a quitter. They whipped him. They flogged him. He was shipwrecked. They arrested him. They put him in jail. They betrayed him. No matter what Paul went through, he fought the good fight. I wanted to be a man like Paul. I said, God, if you did it for Paul, you can do it for me. I want to fight the good fight. I don't want to throw in the towel even when my enemy is missing. Hello, somebody. And so I got a revelation from God. I want to fight the good fight. God allowed me by the spirit and the grace of his power to come to saving knowledge. I don't know if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Uh, maybe you might know about him or, or maybe some, some messed up Christians are interfering with you getting to know him. But I want to let you know that if you yield your life, if you open your heart, if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you can get revelation from on high. His word would explode in your heart. Church won't be some service you come to, check in, check out, and leave, and nothing significant happens. If you have the spirit of the living God inside of you, when the word of God is preached, a revelation can come to you that will move you to action. Are you hearing me? So, so the revelation, the, the first vision I got was for self. And men, if you're a man here and you have children, if you're married, listen to me. I had to make sure I, I was living, I, I think at the time, I might have been living with my girlfriend. You know, you know what the church people call that, right? Sin. You know what I called it, right? Cohabitating. We was cohabitating, we, you know. So, so in any case, I want because I want you to know this is how God God moved in a very special way. He moved in a special way in the, in the Bible. There was no perfect guys that He found. He didn't go to the ones who had it going on. He went to the most ridiculous guys you can imagine to choose them to empower them to overcome a bigger enemy with the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. He chose broken people, and so I'm, I'm sitting in church and I'm living all twisted. I'm living like the devil, but I'm singing good songs and I'm crying. I'm going to let you know my, my testimony. All right, so I'm in church singing and crying because I'm mad grateful that I'm not in jail. I'm grateful I'm not using drugs. I'm grateful my mother's not crying no more. But I'm still living. Anyway, I didn't have the vision. Proverbs 29 says when people don't got vision, they cast over. They do whatever. They're thrown around like waves in the ocean. They got no morals, no values. They really got no convictions. They got preferences. All right, okay. So I got a vision for self. Listen, if you're here today, you can get a vision for yourself. The Bible says that God has called you to be more than, 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 a, more than a, a conqueror. You're an overcomer. That no weapon from there. You can be somebody who's winning this battle. That, that your issues that have drowned you. You remember Peter, when he's, when he's walking on the water? The things that are coming against you, your struggles, your pride, you can walk over them, the Bible says. Listen, when you have the spirit, someone say spirit. Yeah. When you got the spirit of the living God, Jesus Christ. When you got the Holy Ghost living inside of you, when you're, hearing, when you're hearing the Word of God regularly, when you're spending time in His presence, when you're seeking His face, when you're hungry for Him, there's a power, there's a revelation that no demon in hell can stop you. No storm can tear you down. No issue can make you depressed and go to your room. When you got the power of God in your life, nobody can stop you. Are you hearing me? You got to get, it's not the church. The church can't give you this. Church is like a gas station, simply. Please forgive me if I'm minimizing the body crap. I'm not trying to do that. I want to show that the church, is, being a member of the church doesn't get it. Abiding in Christ, that gets it. 
Church is wonderful. Church is like a gas. You come to the church and you're supposed to get spiritual gas. Why do you go to the gas station for? To get gas. Why? Because you're going somewhere. You don't care who the, who the tenant is. You, don't care. you get the gas and you want to go. In church, you're supposed to get the word of God. The power of God is supposed to fall upon you. And you're supposed to go. God got something for you. So you got to get a vision for self. So, okay. So I got a vision for myself. I saw what God did in Paul's life. I don't know if you know about Paul. And he was twisted. He was chasing something that wasn't there. He was driven by a powerful drive. And God got a hold of his life. And I said to myself, if God did it for Paul, he could do it for me. But you understand me? Then I saw the other scripture. And I don't know why this scripture spoke to me the way it did. But there's some scriptures that will never leave you alone once you hear them for the rest of your life. Yes, you can be dancing in Studio 54. You can lay with a strange woman. You can go get on a bus and go wherever. But the scripture that cuts you will continue to have you leaking. When you get the word of God speaking to you. Are you with me? Okay. I got a vision for my family. I got a vision for my family. I'm a, I'm, I don't know if you know me. You might be a visitor. I, I am a dirty, filthy drug addict. Without the grace of God, I'm not good for a bad example. Without Jesus Christ in my life, I'm, I'm, like a li- I'm amongst the living. I was a zombie. I, I lived like a zombie. And Jesus Christ came into my life. My family comes from nowhere. My people are not a people. I, I'm the first generation Christian in my family. Uh, we got all types of twisted, corrupted individuals. The legacy that is in my family is one of a rotten tree. I don't know if you can identify with that. Nothing good comes from my family. Nothing. There's nothing. There's no one. Nothing. There's no story. I can't, I can't even exaggerate about somebody's goodness in my family. Oh, you understand what I'm saying to you? And so when God got a hold of my life, God began to show me in the Bible. I got, listen, where did you get the revelation from? The word of God. I, I'm giving you the revelation God gave me. Check it out what the Bible says. I got a vision for my family. Acts 16, 31 and 32. Let me, let me tell you something real quick. These, these, the apostles, too, they got arrested. They go to jail, right? The story, they go to jail. Okay? And they're in jail. And this is, I, just, I, I wish I had time. They're in jail. And you know what they start doing in jail? They start singing. They start worshiping God. I wish I had five guys that can be in jail and worship God. I got five guys that go to jail, they want to kill themselves. I wish I had guys. Where's Elvis at? Elvis, Elvis. I don't know if you remember. I don't even know if you remember. This is a true story. I don't know if you remember. Elvis went to jail. I'm sorry I'm breaking your anonymity. Elvis was in jail. All right? It's on videos, on CD. I apologize. This is church. We don't got no church. This is in church. Okay. Elvis is in jail. All right? Elvis is in jail. Elvis, listen, Elvis is in jail. Elvis is in jail. He went on a retreat. He was Holy Ghost fired up. He was happy. God was moving his life. And something happened. He was in jail. He called me from jail. He didn't get to speak to me. He left me a message. He started singing a song to me from jail. He said, I'm free. I'm free. My chains are broken. I'm free, Pastor. He began to sing. And I'm sitting there and said, this, is, this guy's in jail. I said, this is the Bible coming alive. I found somebody. The Bible's coming alive in their lives. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So these guys start singing in jail. And so what happens is the earth trembles and the gates open and they can, they're free. The worship, listen, the worship set them free. I don't know if you hear me. Anybody maybe over here. Check it out. Their worship, they was in jail, they was bound. 
There was guards all over the place. Their worship set them free. So what happens is the, the, the guard undersees the, the severity of the situation, and now he thinks they're going to kill him. He's going to lose his job. So he takes his sword to take his own life, and the apostles say, don't kill yourself. We're still here. They didn't go nowhere. So what happens is this. They tell him. He asked a very good question, but they tell him. The scripture's right there. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Is there anything else in your Bible? What what does it say? I'm sorry, sir. You and your whole you yeah you and your whole, you and your whole your whole household you and your household. They, they told the guard. They told the guard. Listen, repent, believe in Jesus Christ, be saved, and you and your household. I was sitting in church one day. I was chilling one day, and the word of God. I was like, man, this is. I want to go home already. I want to eat. I'm hungry. I don't know what's going on. And the scripture cut me. And he said, listen, believe in Jesus Christ, Christ, and you and your household shall be saved. I don't know about you, but that sounds like the word of God giving me a promise. He said, believe in Jesus Christ, and you and then some can say, well, you know that's not what it means. I know that's what it says. And, the, and, and so I began, and it cut me, and I got a vision for my family. I began to see my family saved. I began to see my wife singing before she ever sang. I began to see my sister worshiping God. I began to see sending my mother to glory when it was her time to go. I began to see my sister change the way she lives and living for Jesus Christ. I began to see my... Listen, I, began, I got a vision. I saw it before it happened. I believed it. The Word of God said it. I embraced it. I missed it with some faith. And one by one by one by one, they all got saved. Hallelujah. They all got saved. Listen, I just, I wish somebody would get a vision for their family. I wish somebody would say, listen, I don't care what I see. I don't care what's going on over there. I don't care what the lawyer told me. I don't care what the doctor said. I got a word from God. Hallelujah. I got a vision. I got a vision. I got a vision for my family. I began, I got a vision. God said it. I believed it. I saw Lydia. I don't know if you know Lydia. Lydia, this daughter's name is Lydia. She got that name from this woman in the Bible. This woman, Lydia, serving a false god, another god. She's serving God as she understands him. She's serving God. She, and then they come and they preach the word of God to her. And, and for whatever reason, on that day, because sometimes somebody gets preached the word of God a thousand times. But it's a thousand and third time where God gives them a revelation that changes their lives. And so here it is that they go to Lydia and they preach to her. And here's what happens in Second excuse me, in, in Acts 16, 14, and 15. It says this. One of those listening. Are you listening? I don't know. You got to put down that phone if you're going to listen. Hello, somebody. It says one of those listening. I can st- All right. Hallelujah. Listen, real quick. All right. Let me just give it to you. The Holy Spirit is giving it to me. I'm going to give it to you. You got to listen when somebody of God is speaking. You got to listen. It doesn't matter if they yell like me and they say, listen, I want to let you know that the same God that changed my life can change your life. He's here today and waiting for you to respond. That's wonderful. Oh, somebody's saying, listen. Jesus Christ is here. He loves you. He wants to transform your life. Everything you've looked for in dark places, he wants to give it to you today.
You don't got to change the way you dress. You don't got to change nothing. He wants to give it to you for free. He loves you. It's not religion. It's not performance-based. It's an agape love that's almost impossible to comprehend. It doesn't matter how it comes to you. You got to listen. God wants to speak to you. Are you with me? The woman was listening. One of them was listening. was a woman named Lydia. A dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God, of her God. Okay, I'm not even getting into the whole Thyatira of God stuff, but it was the God as she understood him. Somebody knows what I'm talking about here. The Lord. Somebody say, the Lord. Lord. It wasn't the preacher. It wasn't the pastor. Thank you, puppy. It was the Lord. The Lord opened her heart. Who opened her heart? The Lord opened her heart. It was the Lord that opened her heart. And, he, and listen, to respond to Paul's message. Listen, right now, if you're struggling with faith, if you're struggling with this whole Jesus thing, don't you think it's weird that people keep bothering about this Jesus thing? Don't you think it's weird that, that somehow, some way, you're just like me? No matter where you go, there he is. No matter what train you get on, no matter what bus you get on, no matter who you're hanging out with, what bar you're in, what shooting gallery, what after-hour spot, he's always chasing you down. Just ask the Lord to open your heart. Just right now, ask the Lord to open your heart. Say, Lord, open my heart. Yes, say, Lord, open my heart. God wants to speak to you. He wants to drop a word in your spirit. But you got to allow the Lord to open your heart. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were back. Who? She and the members of her household. Check it out. The Lord opened her heart so she could respond, and her household was baptized as well. I, when I saw this for Lydia, I said, listen, she was serving another God. The Lord opened her heart. She got the revelation. She got the vision, and her household was saved. You got to get a vision for your family. Listen, listen, listen. I, I, my children here, Raymond and Ryan, stand up real quick. Raymond and Ryan, stand up, right? I, I want to let you know that no matter what demon comes against you, no matter what Stuff you got to go through, no matter what people say about you, no matter the religious burdens that people might put in the church, no matter what hindrance may come from your parents, God has a plan for your life. God has a calling on your life. God has something for your life. So no eye has seen, no ear has heard the glory of God falling on you too. You can sit down. Hallelujah. I got a vision for my family. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what you see. I don't care what they told you. I don't care. I care what the word of God says. I see my daughter worshiping God. I see my wife, listen, I see my wife preaching the word of God. Yeah, people call me crazy. I'm crazy for Jesus. I see my wife preaching the word of God. You ask her right now, she'll tell you that's impossible. But I see my wife preaching the word of God. The vision continues. I, I, I know that without a shout out, when I go to be with my creator, that she's going to pick up the mantle. She's going to grab the microphone at the pulpit, and she's going to preach to drug addicts. She's going to love drug addicts. I believe I got a vision for my family. Oh, you understand what I'm saying to you? Vision for my friends. Vision for my friends. I got a vision for my friends. Listen, I want to read to you. I want to just read the scripture. It says this. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the Lord were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. 
And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Listen, these men that he's talking about, they carried their friend to where Jesus was preaching. They, they, they carried their men. They, were, they looked dumb. They were using the energy. They carried their men to where Jesus was preaching. And that's not it. We, I, got, I got friends. Listen, AZ, I'm, please stand. This is my friend Azam. All right? He's, my, he's not my friend because I want him to be a Christian. He's not my friend because I want to receive Jesus Christ. He's my friend because I love him with the love of the Lord. The Lord has bound us together. If he never becomes a Christian, if that never, and he is my friend. I got a vision for my friends. Thank you, AZ. I'm sorry. Anna, I don't know if Anna's, I can't see no more. But Anna's, Anna's around there. She's my Polish, Uruguayan, from Uruguay. <laughs> Anna has taken, she's not Polish. I call her my Polaga. But don't, don't try to speak Spanish around her because she knows Spanish. And she'll be like, she's like, what, are you talking about me? <laughs> All right. But, but, but Anna's here. Anna, she's been through abundant life six times with me. More, she got more Bible studies than a lot of members of our church. She's not, she's not my friend because she's a member or she's a Christian. No. I have friends. I love her. My sponsor, Richie C., is my friend. Vicky's here. She's my, we're, listen, I don't have a hidden agenda. We need Christians that know how to have a vision and love their friends. And yes, share the gospel. Listen, I, you know what? You know what's his name? Penn and Teller? These Penn and Teller, they're pretty bad guys, whatever. I think it's Penn, right? Penn is like an atheist. He did the thing for Lion Kings, all that good stuff. He tried to be there for that. Anyway, Penn said this. Penn said, you got to hate somebody really bad not to share Jesus Christ with them. An atheist said, you got to hate somebody. He said, listen, if you believe that, you got to really hate someone not to share the gospel with them. Huh? So I got a vision for my friends. I got other people here I can call out. I love them. I text them. I reach out to them. They don't got to be members of my church. I want to just, listen, I'm bringing Jesus to them. How, how, how? With these hands. With these ears. With these lips. With these arms. Every time I hang out with AZ, every time I hang out with Anna, every time I hang out with I'm bringing Jesus. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Jesus to them, and I'm bringing them to Jesus. And, and listen, and my relationship, my love, my allegiance to them is not contingent upon how they respond to the gospel. We've got too many phony, baloney Christians loving people with a hidden agenda. People don't want, nobody wants to say, you know, you ever had a relationship with somebody, and people, you got a girlfriend, you know, in VC days, where they just, love, they're nice to you when they want a refrigerator? Huh? <laughs> No, we ain't got no woman like that in this church. I'm just saying, you know, in other churches, you know, you know, you ever have a child, not that we have children like this in this church, but you ever have children that, they're, oh, dad, I love you so much. You're the best dad in the world. And, other, and you know, like, what do you want, man? What do you want? Jordans? What do you want? Right? Nobody wants to be loved with a hidden agenda. Nobody wants to be loved, but, you know, as, no, just, I love my friend AZ. I, I shout him out. I ask him to come. He supports me. I support, that's my, Anna, Sarah, I, we, I got friends. Now, listen, I also got friends who are Christian. But that's good. Too many Christians just got friends that are Christian. That's no good. Let me, that's unbiblical. How you like that? Unbiblical. Right? You know what, they, they diss Jesus. You know what the religious people diss Jesus about? They dissed Jesus because he was hanging out with, with people that were like some of y'all. Right? Jesus hanging out with some of y'all. 
And they said, look at this. I thought Jesus was the man. Look, he's hanging out with Sam. He's hanging out with Anna. Look at Anna. She's over there all bugged out. Look at her. You know what I'm saying? But, but I got friends that are Christian. Listen, and listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a normal guy. I, when I talk about the vision for self, I'm fighting a good fight. I'm, I, I've failed miserably. I've gotten, I lost a lot of rounds. I'm grateful that God is, you know, God of another chance, not just a second chance. I'm fighting a good fight. But the same, the same way I got a vision for my friends, I want to see, I want, listen, all I want is I, I experience this relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, that has done some miracles in my life that's changed the way I see things, changed the way I talk. I got a pair of shoes. I got slacks on. God has changed me. I'm not perfect. Don't take a picture. I'm still under construction. He's not done with me yet. But I found a God that's doing some crazy stuff. I found a God, listen to me. I found a God that allowed my mother to go to be in a hospital bed on her deathbed, proud of her son. My mother told me, I know that the girls are going to be okay because God's hand is upon your life. I want my friends to have that same, I want my friends to experience that. Any good friend, I just listen, it's good, he's good, he's good, he's good, he loves you, he's good, he'll change you. Are you with me? I, I got to get ready to get out of here. But listen, for my Christian friends, I got a vision for my Christian friends. I think that the Christian, my Christian friends should be warriors for the Lord. I think my Christian friends should go back to the scripture that cut me, and they should fight the good fight and run the race. And they should, they should, ah, listen, I'm ready to be poured out like a drink offering. I've done all I can do. I stood for Jesus Christ. When it wasn't popular, I stood. When they laughed, I stood. When they mocked me, I stood. I got some friends that need to stand for Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, I got a couple minutes. I got, I got a vision for my, for my community. Romans 12, 9 and 10. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in, ter- in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. I got a vision for my community. I began to bring genuine love. I, I was hugging this guy in the corner of my house. And listen, it's important you understand this. Jesus, wherever he went, he brought genuine love. He spoke to people that no normal people wouldn't speak to, right? He touched people that normal people wouldn't touch. He allowed people to touch him that normal people wouldn't allow. Listen, he had genuine love. He loved people. And we need more Christians that are loving people. I was hanging out with Greg yesterday with a bunch of uh, my, I have a whole group of yuppie friends. I have a whole group. I was at the spa yesterday. I think me, Greg, and this other guy was only like any man of color there. It was like 30, 40 of us. We're like, you know. And I just and I'm just loving up here. How you doing, dude? What's going on, man? How's everything going on? Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tra- listen, I transform a little bit. It's it's biblical, it's biblical, it's biblical, it's biblical to transform. Be not be conformed to this world, but be see transformed. By the way, I'm a transformer. That's a message for the young people. It's not, but I transform for the glory of God. I make myself a slave to all men all the time that I may win some. I'm a transformer, but okay, praise the Lord. But I, I got love. I got a vision for my community. I got a vision. Now, I want to share this real quick, all right? I got another community. I got my recovery community. I got a bunch of people. Listen, when God got a hold of my life, I was making meetings. I had five years clean. And, and I, I thought to myself, that's why these churches exist. 
That's why I thought to myself, the people that bought me hot dogs and hamburgers and the people that stood on the phone with me 2 o'clock in the morning and the people that, that let me sleep on their couch, the people that helped me to get to this point in my life, they don't have saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. I said, the very people that God has stunned his love through, they love me. They didn't know Jesus Christ. They loved me. They were there for me. I got a burden. I said, I want every recovering person to have the same opportunity I have with Jesus Christ. And that's why we started. That's why Edwin opened his home. And that's why people began to bear a price. And that's why, listen, that's why we have several locations in different places. That's why we, Dallas, you know, just God is doing crazy things in this, in this recovery community. And if not in recovery, that's fine. This church is not just people in recovery. All right? It was started by a couple of people in recovery. And even we're praying about that, and God might be doing something different with that. But this church is for people who are hungry after change that only God can bring. People that understand that I've done all I can do and I can't do no more. I need God. People who understand that God, listen, you're not dead because God has a plan for your life. You're not in jail because God, listen, you, it, it didn't have to be like this. A little, bit, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, your story could be much different. God has a plan for your life. So I got, a, I got vision for my, my community, amen? Okay, we're going to go. I got three more points. Vision for my city, all right? Vision for my city real quick. This church wants to impact the city. We're not a church that's caught up with just ourselves in this block. This church, has a, we're in Coney Island. We're in Staten Island. We're coming to Queens. We had a function in Long Island. We're, we're, we're playing with the idea to start a Bible study in the Bronx. This church is a church that has a vision to reach New York City for Jesus Christ. This church has a vision. It's not a church that's concerned. We want to raise up people. We want you to take the vision class. We want you to take the one-on-one class. We want you to take these classes so you can get the word of God, get equipped, so you can go reach your community, reach your family, reach your friends. In the Bronx, in Queens, in Manhattan, we're playing with ideas about Manhattan. This church has a vision for the city. People need churches like this. Now, let me explain to you something about churches. I came out of Brooklyn Tabernacle. I've never experienced a better church service than I ever have in in Brooklyn Tabernacle. Okay? I've been to Times Square Church. Powerful church. I, I went to CT, Christ Tabernacle. Powerful. You walk into Christ Tabernacle and you start getting, you start crying because the anointing is so thick. All right? You just, when the usher gives you the, the bulletin, you just, oh, I just need Jesus. Just give me, you know. All right? Just, I'm telling you. Yeah. All right. The recovery house, people need the recovery house of worship. Listen, we go places that other churches can't go. Some of you guys know, some of you guys were met right there. You know, we, we have people, we go places that no, listen, no other church goes. No other church. When, when, when Christians in recovery get saved in other places, let me just let me tell you why the, you know what, what happens? Say, brother, you accept Jesus Christ? Great. You're not an addict no more. You don't need 12 steps. You don't need no program. You don't need Jesus. It's not Jesus and a program, is it? And biblically, you'd be crazy to say Jesus in a program. You're like, well, you're like, it's like saying the big book and the basic text. No good. <laughs> Right? So they, so they trap you off with their religion, their, you know, with, with, the, with, the, with doctrine. And you, so what happens is this. In, mo, in most other churches, they say, you don't need that no more. We're gonna, now we're going to disciple you. You come here. And that's great for those churches. People need this church. 
Our people need this church. Every church has a unique and special call. We need all the church. We need the Pentecostals going crazy, running around. Can I get some runners in the house today? Gus used to run around for Char- Pastor Charlie. He should have seen, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Right? Sister Liz used to prophesy, you're all going to hell. Though you wash yourself with high soap, the stain of your sin is upon you. Ro- uh, We need, we need all types of churches. We need churches that got the media thing going. We need churches that sing for two hours. We need churches that preach the Bible for... We need all types of church. Why? To reach all types of people. We need all, this church, God, listen, this church, we come out, was birthed in the heart of God. He saw people, he, listen, he saw the abandoned mission field within the churches. There was people coming to churches not being reached. Just use our building and just, and this church, God raised up Pastor Edwin. God raised up a couple other people. Say, listen, I'm going to go in. I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to go and seek and save that which is lost. I'll come against everything. When we they used to pray out in the car before they go to me, in the name of Jesus, we bind every new age spirit. We bind every, and we, bind, and we go, and they go and say, listen, and they start sharing just their testimony. No breaking traditions. Speaking their literature, speaking their language, and the Holy Spirit began to break the yoke of bondage in people's lives. Are you listening to me? We got a, we got a vision for, our, for our, our, our ministry, our church. Real quick, I want to get through this and I'm going to go. This church has a, has a vision. We want to plant churches all over the world. It's not, this, we want to plant churches. This church has a vision for the city. I, I don't know if you got Acts 1.8 in your notes. It says this, Acts 1.8. The last scripture that you're going to read there says that you're going to receive power. And you, when you receive power, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So let me give you the last two together. This church has a vision. So, for, so we have a vision for ministry and the church, and we've got a vision for the world. This church, people, draw, listen, Drug addicts who are shooting dope right now, people who have relapsed from amongst us. We call them POWs. They're coming home, though. We got POWs that are right now, the devil has got them right now, but they're coming back. They're coming back. People who are shooting dope right now who are part of us built, physically built churches in Dominican Republic with their hands so that children can eat and people can hear the gospel. People in this, from this church have preached the gospel in parts of Africa where the gospel has never been preached before. They, members of this little crazy little church with the sound system problems and the pastor sweats and spits all over the place. Right? We, this church is part, listen to me, this church is part of a billion soul campaign. A billion soul campaign. I, w- I was looking at uh, the ministries we're a part of, right? We're part of one ministry, right? One ministry, just one ministry. We're part of, that wants to, we're part of a church planting movement that wants to start five million churches. Five million churches. We got, so, so this, this church is, is, is on the move, is on fire. All the other churches are wonderful. We love them. We got nothing, any church that says something about another church has got a problem. Even, even in the Bible, we're going to go, even in the Bible, when people preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and they preach it so that Paul can be persecuted even more, they weren't preaching so people get saved, they were preaching so that they can come against Paul even more. He said this, let them preach as long as they're preaching Jesus. 
So as we close, amen, as we close, I'm gonna, we're going to go. I'm not going to give my other four points, amen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pastor Gus is not let me preach no more. I know I preached way over my limit. God has a plan for your life. Before we go, God has a plan for your life. I don't know where you fit in what God has done in my life, the vision God is, but we need teachers to teach these classes, and we need evangelists, and we need preachers, we need church planters. Some of you have gift to speak and bring God's word. Some of you can sing like an angel. God wants to restore your family. God wants to do miracles in your home. God gave you children so you can raise up warriors in his army. God has a plan. Are you ready to respond to the call of God on your life? Are you ready to move in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to commit your life to Jesus Christ like never before? Because this church has, and I don't know if you ever heard it before, but I want you to hear it now. That many are called, but few are chosen. Few people respond to the call of God. Few people say, yes, here I am, Lord. Few people say, yeah, I want to be the, the, the game changer in my family. I want to be the trendsetter in my generation. I want to be the young person that they think I'm corny, but they don't know I'm praying for their very souls. They think I'm corny going to church, but I'm standing in the gap for them. We need men and women to stand and ask us, God has saved you with a purpose. And there's people waiting, there's hurting people waiting for you to get up and answer the call of God in your life. There's people waiting for you to get the vision for yourself so God can bless you, to get a vision for your family, your community, and beyond. Are you hearing me? Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you so much for every man, every woman here. Lord, I pray that you would move, that a word from on high would explode in their hearts, oh God. That you would interrupt someone's life right here, right now. That heaven would fall upon us, oh God. That you would move by your spirit, my King. Father, I pray this someone here that doesn't know you, my God, someone here that's never come to saving knowledge, that you would open their eyes, open their heart, help them to respond to your tug on their hearts, oh God. Father, I pray if there's men here that they know that they're called for something different, something awesome, something magnificent, some special call upon their lives, I pray that they would answer the call, oh God. I pray that women would stand in the gap for their husbands and their children. I pray that men would be the pastors of their home. Father, raise up warriors in your kingdom. Men that stand on your word. That the gates of Hades shall not prevail, O God. We'll give you all the glory and all the honor. All heads bowed, all eyes closed before I get out your way. Is there anyone here? You say, Pastor Raymond, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Today I want to make that decision. You say, I've been far from God. Today I want to come home. I want to run into his arms. If that's you, you say, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to surrender my life to him. Say, I want to come back home to him. I want you to raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. Anyone else? God bless you, sister. Anyone else? You say, today I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand right where you are. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. 
Hands up all over this place. Okay, I want everybody to say this prayer with me. This is a simple prayer. The prayer that doesn't save you is the faith and the condition of your heart that makes this relationship, brings it alive. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. I understand you have a plan for my life. I ask you now to come into my life. Sit on the throne of my heart. Take control. Guide me and lead me. Show me how you want me to live. Today, right now, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, listen, you're here. Pastor Gus is going to say a prayer. You're here. You say, Pastor Raymond, I know God has a plan for my life. I know God has something different for me, something special. I've been, I've been uh, afraid. I haven't been answering. I've been distracted, whatever it may be. You say, you, I mean, only if you know that you know, like I knew that I knew that God has something more for me than average Sunday Christianity. I don't know what it is, but it's between you and God. If you say, Pastor Raymond, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God, I don't know what it is. But God has something special for me. And today I make a commitment to find out what it is and to give myself to it. If that's you, I want you to stand right where you are. Hallelujah.